Hello to all of our friends out there tuning in to another episode of the Hippies and Cowboys podcast, bringing you the best of the country music world like nobody else will tell it. And we've been doing it now for 100 episodes. Thanks so much to all of you who have tuned in to damn near everyone all the way along. And even if this is your first time or you've only listened a few times, we appreciate you tuning in no matter what. We have the best audience and the best community in all of country music, in my opinion, and, well, literally, we couldn't do it without you. So here's to several hundred more. Of course, you can go to thehippiesandcowboys.com and check out everything else that we do over there. For as little as $1, you can pledge to us once a month on Patreon, Show it, give us some support, and uh, in return, you will have opportunities to ask questions to our guests early episode announcements, behind-the-scenes footage from podcasts and videos that we do, and much more. So go check that out at patreon.com slash hippiesandcowboys. I will post the link to the website and the Patreon in the description of this podcast. And on top of that, I will post a link from our sponsor over at Workman's Relief. Workman's Relief is a premium CBD company. Workman's Relief believes in getting the best quality CBD in your hands at the most affordable price. So go check them out at workmansrelief.com and you can use our promo code HACCBD for 15% off your entire order at checkout. Our guest today on the show is a legendary figure in the country music, Americana, but whatever you want to call it, country music scene, and beyond. His name is Dave Ferguson. Dave is stepping up to the microphone and releasing a collection of songs that he loved from over his 40-plus years of experience in the music industry. It is absolutely fantastic, and I've included the pre-order link in the description of this podcast as well, so be sure to check that out. It was an absolute honor to have the opportunity to talk to Dave, and uh, he was nice enough to do this one in person with us out at uh, at his place, and it was an out one of the most unforgettable experiences um, that I've had so far doing this podcast and just in general. He's an outstanding guy. It was a great conversation, and I know you guys are really going to enjoy this one. So thanks so much for tuning in. And enjoy the podcast. you guys well welcome into the welcome into the podcast we uh got a fantastic one lined up for you today um i think i think the most fitting way to start this off today is i'm going to read you guys a quote from sturgill simpson and this says the ferg is a bona fide card carrying legendary hillbilly genius and when he talks you better shut up and listen and so Hopefully, Mike and I can just sit here and shut up and listen to the best of our abilities today. That's a mighty tall uh, Sturgill quote. Don't get your hopes up too high, but it'd be happy to talk to you about whoever you want to talk about. You want to talk about 
You want to talk about my record? You want to talk about Sturgill's records? You want to talk about Tyler's records? You want to talk about Johnny Cash's records? Any of them? I'll talk to you about any of them. I don't care. I'd love to talk about all that, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I think we are supposed to talk a bit about this uh, new one coming from you here. September 3rd, I believe, is the date. I think that's what they're talking about. Nashville No More. Nashville No More. And it's a... It's a... What is it? 10 or 11 songs of um, stuff that... I had my studio in Nashville. Uh, uh, it's called The Butcher Shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the years... You know, I get bored of hear a song that I like. I just sit down and record that song in different ways. You know, some of them were to a click, some of them were mm-hmm. to a piano track, some of them were to a, just me and a guitar, whatever. And then over the pandemic, I got all those tracks out and just finished them up here in this little butcher shack, which is where we're at today, which is just basically a little control room with a little overdub booth and a couple of really good air conditioners. Yeah, what you, need. you need that. It's humid as hell out there. <laughs> <laughs> this this boy's from Canada, so he's not used to this yeah, humidity. Yeah, I'm from Canada. Oh, yeah, 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 I've been telling everybody on the trip. Kicking it's his like, butt. Nuts will hatch. It's dry up there. So that's the official name of this place here, the Butcher Shack. Then yeah, yeah. this is the Butcher Shack. I love it. Uh, yeah, and uh, this is where we mixed um, mix a lot of stuff. I mean, there's not much recording goes on in here with some, but. It's not really room for a band or anything, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I did set up a band in here to cut a couple of tracks on my record, but uh, it was crowded. It's a nice little place for you to hide out and kind of it find, is find some time to yourself. close to my couch. It's yeah. 75 <laughs> feet from my couch, yeah. so I can just get up and come out here whenever I want to. And, for, you know, I just leave it turned on all the time, so come in yeah. here and do whatever we want. To just to describe this place to to the listeners who who don't get to see it here, I mean we got audio equipment from the butcher shop, guitars on the walls, we got Universal Sound, Johnny Cash, Gold Records on the wall, Bob Ross mints. I mean, Pretty. this place is off the hook. <laughs> Something here for everybody. Evil Knievel lunchbox. <laughs> yeah, you, oh yeah, I just got that Dan Arbeck back. Bro. I gave that to me. Man, I love that thing. I'm a Evil Knievel fan. <laughs> Really badass. Before Evil Knievel's before you guys' time, right? Yeah, yeah, significantly. But yeah. man, when I was a kid, Evil Knievel was—he was, he was the thing. man. Oh, he was the man, and I don't know if y'all remember this, but he—well, he—he <laughs> he built this basically this rocket. Some guy built him a rocket, and he was going to jump the Snake River Canyon. And mm-hmm. when the thing took off it was either a malfunction or evil Knievel got uh you know a little scared and went ahead and pulled the chute <laughs> a little too soon and uh that's the last jump i remember him doing but i mean he may have done more after that I probably did but that's what you got there yeah, he was box. uh he was awesome man um should we go way back to the uh yeah, re- origins of the butcher shop yeah, and let's talk I mean, about that a bit. Start sure, things man. Off, I figured, you know, at the start, you kind of said we could talk about this, 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 and this, and there's there's so yeah. much we could fill up twelve hours worth of talking, I'm sure, <laughs> well, or I mean, more. <laughs> but so um, the butcher. So I had. Let's see now. You know, and you so said you I had sure if you wanted I had to put talk a, about the record, but I yeah, well, like all you know, it all, into it's the record, all intertwined. Right? It's all yeah, intertwined. Exactly. So, um. So I I had a little studio on Music Row, just a little one-room thing that 
everybody really liked because it was just like, you know, there's no headphones or anything. And we'd go in there and record and John Prine and everybody. And then, then I had to close that and I put it in the living room of my little house that I was renting. And John Prime would come over there and all that. And so I, I just said, man, I'd love to find a place to put this stuff. And he goes, man, he says, I just met this guy. And they had this huge complex of buildings downtown. The Newhoff complex, which is an old uh, uh, meatpacking plant, you know. And I mean, they would march the beef in. The beach, the beef would walk in, but it would ride out under plastic, <laughs> you know. And they would, yeah. they'd kill them up there and then package them and send them on their way. So that's where we got the name of the butcher shop. Mm-hmm. Is uh, Prine says, man, you know, what's well, called the butcher shop. So John Prine and I started it together. Yeah. Right. And uh, <clears throat> made a bunch of records in there. Did I think one of the first records we did in there was the Mac and um, the Mac Wiseman and John Prine album, the uh, standard songs for average people. That was one of the first ones. Mm-hmm. And then uh, did a ton of Del McCurry records, Tim O'Brien records. Did Sturgill Simpson records there, Tyler's records. Yeah. Um, Shit, just a ton. I mean, a ton of records. A bunch of Grammys came out of there, several. Yeah. And, uh, but we had to close it because they sold the buildings, and it's almost to the to the year today. I mean, it was like they uh, – I had to be out at the end of June of last year. So, uh, and so we were moving equipment in here on, on the 4th of July, or mm-hmm. 3rd or 4th, 2nd, 3rd. July last year so anyway here it is yeah (laughs) here it is I guess here it is but um I guess we could even go even further than further back than that and I just wanted to ask you kind of like you know obviously there was a lot went down before you you know met John Prine and all those types of things you produced produced and kind of were mentored by uh Cowboy Jack Clement Cowboy Jack um so I, I I worked at a at a uh, music store when I was 16 it was called the, the old time picking parlor mm-hmm. and it was world famous it, all the musicians that came to do on tour the rockers the country guys everybody had their instruments repaired at this place because mm-hmm. it was the best and so and it was the only place in this part of the country there was places in New York to get it done and stuff but Nashville I mean the, the the repair place was the old time picking parlor. Mm-hmm. So it closed. And the guy that owned it called me about a year after it closed. And he goes, man, he said, I'm working for this for this really wild guy named Jack Clement. He needs somebody over here to make coffee in the mornings, run errands and that kind of stuff. I said, hell yeah, I'll, you know, I'll come check it out. So I went over there and uh, got interviewed and got the gig, got the job. and uh, But I always knew I wanted to be an engineer, you know, or something in the technical end of it mm-hmm. and uh so i'd sneak up there at night and learn how to run the equipment and stuff and two or three years after i went to work there he uh he he was on vacation and and uh the guy that taught me to run the equipment is this guy jack stack of track groschmall who's jack jack groschmall but everybody calls him stack of track because he was really a genius behind the, with analog recording and all that yeah. and uh <clears throat> Cowboy was on vacation, so we went and recorded this guy named Roberto Bianco. Well, his real name was Bob. Well, his real name was Bob Biles, 
but he changed it to Bob White because Biles is not the best. No, it's not, the <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a very lovable last name. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, so he changed it to Bob White, and then from that became Roberto Bianco. Roberto. So, <laughs> so, so Jack left town, and we made this recording on Roberto Bianco called My Soon-to-Be Former Wife, which I... They said, well, we need some trumpets. I said, well, I said, let me call over here to the school. You know, I called up to Blair School of Music and had them send over some trumpet players. Anyway, so we made this recording that's like there's this live announcement at the beginning. It sounds like a live show. I mean, it's all this fake applause mm. and shit all over it, the drum rolls <laughs> and stuff. And Jack came back and listened to that thing a hundred times. And all just, just played it over and over again. He goes, Ferguson, to my office. I go in there and. He said, Did you record this? I said, Well, yeah, me and Stacky, you know, we you know, we did this. And he said, Well, I was on vacation. I said, yeah. He said, On my tape. And I said, Yeah, I said, it's some used tapes. He said, My used tape. And I said, Yeah. <laughs> he said, You're fired. <laughs> he said, But I'm gonna hire you back as my engineer. You know, so I went from yeah. making about seven dollars an hour to making thirty dollars an hour and, and in that just moment, a minute. Probably shit in your pants a little bit. I was so <laughs> that's what I wanted to do. I mean, that's what I really yeah. wanted to do. Yeah. Absolutely, and from there, you know, you get to start recording Waylon and Johnny Cash and Prine and Guy Clark or whoever, you know, whoever comes through there. How soon did you know when you were younger that you wanted to be an engineer and get into that side of things? What, well, did you play when you were younger and then just kind of... You know, of I wanted to play. I just never was patient enough to learn. My grandfather, my grandfather was a musician, and he's how we wound up in Nashville. He... Uh, he came from Texas and had a band called Pat Jones and the Tennessee Pioneers in the early 50s, uh, 53, 54, and wound up giving up his dreams to raise his grandchildren, us, you know, and uh, he would play the guitar and stuff, and and he could really play it. And I said, Papa, how long does it take to learn how to play the guitar? He said, oh, about 20 years. And so that just... Right there. Right there, you know. Why, why am I, why yeah. do I even want yeah. to bother? I, you know. <laughs> so, and then when I went to work, I, I could always make some chords and stuff on the guitar and that. So, But I went to work for Jack, and then part of my job for the first couple of years was to answer the phone, sit at the front desk and answer the phone uh, while uh, Mary, the secretary, was out to lunch, went to lunch. Mm. And so I would sit there and play the guitar. And, uh, you know, learn how to do it. And so, there you have it, you know. So, it's very similar to how you got into the audio engineering. Same, same thing. Just, just you know, play around on your own. Just keep, keep moving on it until you figure it out. And then, but man, I heard Cowboy sing. I heard Jack sing in his office with his guitar. God damn, man, it was one of the greatest things I ever heard in my life. I said, man, this is, that's crazy good you know i mean yeah, i could yeah. i could you know you could just tell how good it was right and then these stars that would come through it's like johnny cash and Waylon and all of them man they would head straight to jack's office and listen to him play and sing oh wow <laughs> you know because he yeah. could really play and sing that's really the, good that's quite the statement right there yeah, yeah i mean you, you know he wasn't a lead player he in. played rhythm guitar and sang and but it was so good yeah. that it was it was uh Hard to believe how good it was just to somebody could sit and play and sing that, and, and it sounded like a record coming over from yeah. over there because he understood yeah. how to blend his voice with his guitar and it wasn't about volume, it's all about tone, delivery, and it was it was really something. I learned a lot from that guy. He was a smart yeah. guy. 
Did that ever? Did that ever? Um, did your desire to kind of learn to play and sing get stronger over the years? Then, as you kind of watched absolutely these people, absolutely, mm -hmm. yeah, sure, man. You know, it's like okay, here's Johnny Cash, coolest guy in the world, hanging around. Johnny, will you sing me a song? Sure, bam, grab the guitar and sit down and sing you a song. You know, and, and love it. You know, I mean, he's you know all them guys. They, you know. So yeah, I wanted to be able to do that, and I figured yeah. out how to do it. Yeah. So it's like a light bulb goes off. Yeah, right? light bulb went off. I said, "Hell yeah, I'm gonna do that too." Yeah. I'm gonna engineer records, and I'm gonna do the whole thing. So perfect. There we are. And that kind of led to to this record. Now, so I don't again that Nashville no more, and that's out on September third. Everybody out there listening, so keep your eyes peeled for that. I did a uh, in 2012. I did. A record of just Jack Clement songs. Mm -hmm. from one end to just all of them are Jack Clement songs. I did that to sell and on this tour I was on in Scandinavia with this girl named Anna Turnheim. But anyway, we got that record back from Universal, so that one's going to come out. But um, this Nashville No More record is is a bunch of songs that. Uh, always liked some of them I always liked some of them I'm, I've heard during my adulthood um, that are on there uh, that I used to hear around Jack's you know because mm. I made the demos on them and Jack would listen to the demo over and right. over again he loved the song then you hear it ringing through the walls which was you know it was like um, looking for rainbows that's that's one of them that was always around Jacks and fellow travelers. Those two are kind of bookends um, because one of the co-writers of those two songs is Charles Cochran, who was killed in a car crash in 07. But I had uh, recorded him playing those songs solo piano for his wife to sing them at a wedding so i had those two songs so those songs came from his solo piano track and then i sung them and then put everything else on them. the strings and wow. everything else came up from that on those two songs so i'm happy to, i'm glad that i got charles that's, on this record that's pretty damn cool yeah, yeah charles he was awesome man he was great absolutely so those are kind of bookends, those two. And um, Hard Times Come Again No More, that's old. That's like from the Civil War era. I think it's written in 1859. Wow. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's a Stephen Foster song. And over the years, I've recorded versions of it. Yeah. You know, uh, everybody does a little different. You know, I mean, not chord-wise, but where you phrase it yeah. and how you sing the yeah. melody and stuff, so... Kind of do that one my way, and then uh, and I had uh, Sierra Hall, yes, and her husband. Who's... I sent it off to them. I said, "Would you please, you know, uh, see? Oh, that's one of my favorite songs for you." <laughs> and so, so she <laughs> sends you something great. She's great. That's a good. Yeah, we, had, we, we just had we her, just on, had her on, on the show, the and that, that that impression was spot on, dude. <laughs> How was it? Oh, yeah. she's great. I don't know. If, I don't know if we got her impression of you. Though. No, I'm, I'm, sure, sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. We'll have to ask her. Yeah, we'll have to ask her next time. <laughs> uh, 
We'll get that. No, she's one. really good, man. I'm, I think, yeah. uh, um, uh, she's outstanding. Yeah, man. She's a powerhouse. And, uh, you know, she takes a lot of the, um, like when you're in the studio with a bunch of dudes, you know, yeah. it, it kind of gets rank in there. I mean, it, it, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but if, you, but if you've got a female in there, mm. they kind of hold some of the filth back a little bit. That's nice. Keep everybody yeah, why do you think Rachel's over here? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a good thing. You know, but I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, uh, how filthy do you want it to get? You know, I mean, in front of Sierra. <laughs> not very. Probably you not at all. Tame her back a little bit. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> probably <laughs> not at all would be best. <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you what now. She's like one of the dudes. She will jump right in there. And, uh, Dish it back. Corrupted. No, no. She no. no she, she just doesn't let it bother her. You oh, know? Yeah. And, yeah. And, she, and it's like you ask her to do something, man. She'll jump right up there and do it. I mean, uh, uh, like... Uh, like, there's a couple of the Sturgill songs. I used to own the Bluegrass, Sturgill's Bluegrass records. Right, right. Yes, of course. And, uh, you know, and uh, there's some lines like, I don't have to do a goddamn thing, just sit around and wait to die. You know, I was kind of, you know, leery of asking her to sing that. Yeah. She says, oh, I'll sing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she got right up there, you know. Well, and when you change the words in life, isn't it life is sin, the boys and girls. Oh, yeah, there, yeah, he did that. Working on yeah. the sound. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> changed up the whole verse of uh, uh, King Turd on top of Shit Mountain. You can have the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, those are you know, I didn't really uh, wasn't really that familiar with Sturgill's stuff before I started working with him, to tell you the truth. But anyway, which was meta modern, right? Yeah, no, I, I didn't do meta modern. At all, or Dave he, Cobb? It was Dave Cobb, right? I, I thought for some reason you had. I picked it up at uh, but, at the uh, Sailor's, Sailor's Guide, Guide yeah. yeah, which is a fucking masterpiece. Like, yeah, that's a that was a real, that was a challenge. Uh-uh. A challenge. So, uh, yeah, it was a challenge. It's <laughs> just what was know, the most challenging thing about it? Uh, just that that album in particular, you know. I mean, it's, the it's most a, it's challenging. The most challenging thing was is, was um, mixing it and getting it to flow. Yeah, right. Where you know, because also all the songs are so much different sounding right. than each other. Right. And, but know. it's meant to be one cohesive. It's meant piece. to be yeah. It's meant to be one thing. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And uh, and uh, you know, and then it's usually you normally the artist doesn't show up with a fixed sound in their head already right you know uh normally it it evolves okay you know so you start making something you start recording a song and then it evolves into what it becomes whatever that is yeah you know you may have a you know you just never know you don't know right and, and but he had he had a pretty good idea in his head what he wanted it to sound like which is hard to explain and hard to yeah. get going but yeah tough to explain yeah. something that's you've I mean, created in your own imagination let me ask you a question what does chocolate taste like well <laughs> it's you know i mean there's you can't yeah. there's what i mean what does anything do you taste like it, yeah. you know so it's hard to yeah it's hard to put your head around that so yeah. anyway but it was fun i mean it was it was fun yeah i heard the, the the stewgrass the bluegrass albums went Stug- where they, they went a little bit Sierra just described it as like 
you know everybody just went in and it, and it was pretty pretty clean and easy and and uh not a whole lot of messing around they just wasn't no fix later right now I, I laid the law down going in yeah. there i said guys play it to where you want it yeah because we ain't gonna pick it apart yeah. it ain't gonna be one of those but yeah. I, I, i'd really got to where i, I just the, the bluegrass is perfect i just don't dig it much mm. you know they they work on it so to make it so perfect and pristine yeah you know what i mean it's yeah. like it's really kind of the opposite of what bluegrass ought to be all right improvisation that yeah. and let it go you know it's a, a thing that happens during a moment mm -hmm. you know mm. and, but uh i don't know man i don't <laughs> know they, they sure pick it apart you know, being these days I want to go back to to your record for a second. Just how how strange was it a process for you to like critique and edit yourself as well as any and then fitting everybody else into the equation to fit your own sound as opposed to you, you know, taking on somebody else. Well, you know something I I, found, I figured out during that record. I didn't know it until about halfway through it, trying to finish it that the way to do it, if you're going to make a record on yourself, you have to listen to it like you're not listening to yourself. You have yeah. to listen to it like you're listening to somebody else. And because nobody in their right mind would want to listen to themselves. Of course. Yeah. A lot of people, yeah. you can record you can record somebody's voice and play it back for them and say, who is that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like... <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't so, go back and listen to these podcasts yeah, yeah, very it's often. To, it's hard to listen to yourself. <laughs> yeah, we started this. It's like, yeah. wait, well, what? imagine getting up every morning and going like out, that? going out, going out there, and not only listen to yourself, but listen to yourself try to fucking sing. You know, it's like, <laughs> and then yeah, so, and and uh, fuck that. Yeah, it's, it's torture. And everybody that's done it yeah. will tell you that it is torture. It's right. not fun to yeah. do that. And, you know, Dan Auerbach, man, he said, God, I'm tired of listening to myself. You know, everybody's tired of listening to themselves. But it has to be done, Yeah. you know. And so, and if you're producing it, engineering it, singing it, <laughs> singing it, playing <laughs> on it, little... and all that stuff, doing it all. <laughs> God damn, man. Yeah, I mean, to talk about, you, you know, talking about just your voice, yourself. but critiquing Whoa. your poem playing, too, and everything. Critiquing everything. to yeah. Make it try to sound, make it sound natural. Yeah. Now, does this sound natural? Does this sound like... Do I sound uh, when you're doing it? Do my my sound? Do, do I sound pretentious? Do mm. I sound like an asshole? Do I sound like it's easy? Do I sound like I'm having a hard time? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to know. Yeah, I would imagine too. Like <coughs> you've worked with the best country artists for generations of country music, so then like working with all these like tippy top, you know, talented people, and then. You have to also critique yourself. You know, <laughs> oh like yeah, just, man! Like, yeah. like man, I have to, like <laughs> oh yeah, putting yourself up there with well, with those people. You know, like you have to be able to listen to. Um, you got to be able to know what's in tune and what's not in tune, singing wise. Yeah, and that's one of the hardest things to to do is to get the vocal in pitch, especially if you haven't been. If you, practicing uh, well, that, well yeah. if you haven't been practicing but even knowing to listen how to listen right. for it yeah. mm -hmm. you know that's where you separate the men from the boys making records is when the singing is good and when it's not because mm. 
you know, you get lost in some in the sound of somebody's voice instead of the pitch. You get lost in the sound of the voice, and then the pitch doesn't matter. It's like you're talking about somebody like Johnny Cash, you know. It's like, you know, I mean, his pitch is not, I mean, on his old records, some of them are better than others, but pitch isn't all that perfect. But, man, the sound of his voice is like, well, who gives a shit? You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm listening to a man sing here. Mm-hmm. Right. This sounds like a man singing, mm-hmm. not a Yeah, there's wuss, de- there's definitely you know? certain artists with, like, with voices <coughs> like yeah, that where... They have that, that, that amount of character. You're not even listening to the words or anything. You're just, like, mesmerized <coughs> by the sound of that voice Yeah, like alone. Tom Waits or somebody like yeah. that, you know? Kind uh, of. I was thinking of <coughs> Brian Bingham, too. Yeah, you know, with Bingham. That way about Sarah yeah, Farrell. Sarah Farrell, yeah. Yeah, yeah so with the characters, it makes a lot of difference, you know. Yeah, is that is that one of the the biggest battles when you come, when you step into the studio is is dealing with the the not not dealing with but like managing the the character like you said kind of there you know and man, well, manage, managing that level of talent just with the voice alone. Well, I'm. I mean, I, I'm not. A, I'm not on that level. But I mean, I'm. I'm better at helping some. I'm helping. I'm. I'm pretty good at some helping somebody get a performance. Mm-hmm. Once you get them to relax, get them comfortable, get them. You know, say, hey man, you know, this ain't that big a deal. You know, because everybody gets nervous when they go to the studio for some yeah, reason. Studios I don't know why. Yeah. It's just get nervous. Yeah. You know, and so I guess they get nervous because. They think it's like every you know every time they th- they think this is it. I mean, mm-hmm. This is my break, you know. And you're gambling. It's expensive. You got well, yes, everybody's yes, everybody's yes. looking at you. You know. Everybody's. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Especially you, when it's your studio too. Like well, studios are always intimidating, oh, and then yeah. it's Dave Ferguson's studio. Shit. So Shit. <laughs> my studios. I ain't never had a good studio. My studios are always kind of thrown together, but they work. You know. Um, Real studios, they're they're around, but mine have always just been makeshift, makeshift stuff. You know, been cutting over at uh, Cowboy Clements again lately. Don't I love it over there again? Mm-hmm. It's all redone. It's real nice. You know, sounds good. Yeah, which is an interesting point because you recorded Volume One of Cutting Grass at the butcher shop, and then you went back to what was that like? Stepping back into that studio, you know, it was two. great. It's the first thing I'd done in there in a long in years, mm-hmm. in years, and set it up. The equipment worked. It sounded good right away. Like turn it on, it sounds good already. You know, you don't have to mess with it for it to sound good, which is the whole key in the studio thing. It should sound good right right now. Yeah. You know, I mean. You shouldn't have to screw with the knobs to make it sound good if you're in a good studio. Yeah. It should sound good like immediately. Well, unless it's unless it's me behind the mic. <laughs> well, I mean, a good studio, the worst engineer can make a good studio sound good if he'll just leave it alone. Right. Let so. just let the equipment do the work, you know, and that's the key. Mm-hmm. And uh so yeah, I mean it was great going back to Cowboys and cutting over there. I really loved it. But yeah, so I, something I really wanted to ask you about for sure was, uh, you know, obviously there's this tribute record for John Prine coming out soon and Sturgill's cut of Paradise, mm-hmm. which is just haunting and amazing in every way, uh, came out just a bit ago. And that was the last 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I understand that's that was the last song you guys cut in the in the butcher shop. It is. Um, I think uh, I believe Sturgill's record was the last full record we did there. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, Paradise might have been the last cut in there. Was that the plan from the get go, or did that kind of just come up? <clears throat> you know, I don't think it was a plan. Or you mean to cut that last in there? Yeah, was that kind of you know you know circle? Don't, I don't you know, think yeah, so. exactly. I, I don't know. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think it's just how it happened. You know, we wow. needed to cut that, and it was the last thing to do, so we did it. And I guess. Well, just thinking well, about it, I mean, that's like just the perfect ending yeah. of an era. You it know, is, and you know, and studio closing right after John passed away and stuff. Just weird, man. Was he dying in March? Yeah, he yeah. died in March last year. Anyway, yeah, I, I, I like that cut of Paradise, but I, I, you know, I don't know if I, if I was thinking about it being the last thing when we did it. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't usually think about stuff like that too much. I just, you know, record and get on with it. <laughs> ABC always be recording. <laughs> there you go. New advice out there. ABC. Always be recording. <laughs> Wait a minute. I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. That's, no. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> always be recording. Always, always be recording. Oh, there you go. Thanks, always be recording. Yeah, I like that. There you go. ABC always be recording. <laughs> so, that's pretty we'll, we'll get you. We'll get like you a that. t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always be cording. Hey, always be cording. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to say it like that. Say it like that or it doesn't, definitely doesn't make sense unless you say it well, like that. Well, always I mean, you know, there's cord and there's the record, yeah. so I guess. Same. Okay. Same thing. Right. Moving on. Look what yeah. we, <laughs> we did there. <laughs> Beating that <laughs> dead horse, maybe. Uh, should, we, uh, should we do some rapid fire questions with Dave? We could probably oh, get to that point. Yeah. Rapid fire, coming in, yeah. coming in hot. This is a bit that I'm we do terrifyingly nervous to go through with you. Every episode. Because we do we do this every episode, and they're okay. very silly questions. All right. Yeah. But yeah. I, you're, you're a guy. You can handle silly. Yeah, all right. I, I can tell that, so. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, they're not, not really uh, music-related necessarily. All right. And uh, they're hardly ever rapid. So. Mine, <laughs> mine is a little bit. Music related, my first one. Uh, What's your dream collaboration that you maybe never got to Me do? and Jenna Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> Next. <laughs> this gave Kyle a heart attack. That'd be, that'd be an interesting record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean the old Jenna Jameson. I mean the young Jenna Jameson. <laughs> oh man! I gotta re regather my thoughts. I'll um, go. I'll, I'll go again then. If yeah. you got it, right. <laughs> what's your favorite fast food? Oh man, uh, favorite fast food? Uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you can't go wrong with Pretty, the kernel. Yeah. No, that. it is hard to screw a chicken up. That's true. But it yeah. can be done. 
That's fair. Oh, it certainly can make you sick too. Yeah, sure <laughs> screw it up. Yeah, it can. Uh, I, I could, I, Colonel cooks it pretty good, though. Uh, if you could uh, give yourself a superpower, what would your superpower be? Oh, uh, wow. Man, that's a good question. A superpower. To give myself a superpower, what would it be? To fly. To fly. Yeah. That that would be what I would pick also. I'd like to fly. Mm-hmm. I get crap for that because some people say teleport would be more convenient. But I would like to fly. Yeah, fly, yeah. Because yeah. nobody else can do it. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, I mean, if you, had, if you could do that, I mean, teleporting yourself, that's, you know, pretty cool. nobody's going to see you do that. Right. You know? Right. Fly yeah. right over somebody's head. Tell gotcha. Get my on the back of the head. What's the worst? The worst. The worst what? The worst. What's the worst? The worst. What's the worst, man? You know, something happens. COVID pandemic. Yeah, yeah that was the, the fucking worst. worst. Absolutely. The worst. <laughs> that fucking sucked. That's the worst. Yeah. I mean it. For the next twenty years, everything's going to be COVID related. Yeah. I mean, the way we do everything. I mean, it's just it's. It's right up there with 9-11. 9-11 changed the way everybody traveled. Everybody did everything, you know. But this COVID shit, is, that's the worst. That's the worst. I think that's a pretty good, good answer. answer I think that's a fit, pretty fitting answer, I'd say. Um, just looking around this place, I have to ask this one. What is uh, your most prized possession? My friendships. Wow. That's a great answer. Yeah. Because this place is full of really cool stuff. This is stuff. I don't get attracted. I don't get attached to stuff. I don't. Stuff comes and goes. And so do people. You know, there ain't a soul on this earth that's ever been on this earth that ever will be on this earth that eventually won't be forgotten. Eventually. It's like, even those. Even those dudes in Egypt, you know, like, uh, you know, probably the most famous uh, embalmers that did Tutankhamun, their names never come up. (laughs) You know? Yeah. You know? So. You're right. There ain't nobody that won't be forgotten eventually. Yeah. But I cherish my friendships. That's, Mm -hmm. That's what I put the highest value on. A great answer. Um, I think it's so. I'll do a double here then, since you did a double. Um, what's a conspiracy theory that you believe to be true? <laughs> a conspiracy theory that I believe is true, or most believe is true. Yeah, what's the most that I most one? believe is true? It's a Bigfoot. That. <laughs> Did the aliens build the pyramids, man. Yeah. That's, that's beyond question. Uh, no, I think uh, I think conspiracy theories that I do believe in is uh, probably that there is and has been covered up for a long time alien life. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, I truly believe that there is. There Me has too. to be. 
it, you'd be you'd be ridiculous. You'd be naive to think that you're you would, we are the, the only oh, ones. Yeah. Oh man, us shit. Some this little tiny. All, they built fucking, all this for us. Yeah. <laughs> shit. Come on. I mean, wow. I mean, uh, trillions of galaxies or yeah. whatever it is, and nobody even knows or any number one that big. One little tiny spot on and one arm blue of thing one galaxy here. and right. the whole yeah. fucking. So, yeah, so, I've truly believed. I, I believe that there's absolutely so there's definitely alien life out there. I don't. It may be anybody around, feel free to argue, but no way. We know. But do you think they've been yeah, here? Yeah, true. On creepy. Yeah. On this property. Well, on this property. <laughs> <laughs> well, like maybe. I was thinking more like on this blue uh, you know, sphere getting, we have. I'm getting in the that sky. bottle sometimes, and it's. it's <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be surprised you, you when the alien. You'd be surprised who the aliens are. Yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. You know, yeah, I th- you know, I think they're releasing videotapes all the time now with these tic-tac-looking things that can move at a zillion miles yeah, an hour and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. I think they've been on the earth here. I think they, I don't know what it I is. It could be not. us from the future. It could be us from the past. It could oh. be something else Ooh. totally. Who knows what it is? Nobody knows. So, knows, but, but I think I'm we will know soon. Yeah, I think they're gonna get. I think they're getting ready to tell us. I think shit. they're gonna have to ease it into us because otherwise people are gonna freak Mass out. Feed. Yeah, people yeah. freak the fuck out for they're, sure. They're starting to. They just now. So now right. they're now they're saying, yeah, there was something here, and it's beyond our technology, and we right. don't know what it is. Well, you know? that's pretty much an admission. Yep. Yeah, it is absolutely an admission. And like so, you said, that's the start of them easing. Yeah, they're going to ease it in. Right. The government's never been one to not spread mass fear, so just tell us, you know? Yeah, for <laughs> right? It's true. I do have to give a give a shout-out to somebody on our Patreon. We ask our okay. people who pledge to us every month on Patreon if they want to ask questions. And so, Jonah Wilson, thanks, Jonah, for asking the question, wants to know, would you rather have permanent daylight savings time Permanent standard time. Continue as is. Uh now let's see now. Daylight savings time. What is that? That's where it's you. You start off earlier in the morning. Let's see. Saving daylight. That's that's where you that's get like up earlier. The time, the every time changes, right? Yeah. 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 But they, they they you you uh you roll the clock. You fall back in the fall. Back. So, back like in you the get an extra so would I rather it be like that? Or just or one just leave it. set time. Or just, yeah. just one set time. Yeah, exactly. That, makes, yeah. that, that yeah. way you don't have to fool with your clocks and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And you know, But here's here's why that was done. Do you guys even know why they did that? I have no idea. So the kids wouldn't have to go to school in the dark. Ah. Uh, I mean, that makes so, sense. Yeah, so day, that now, definitely makes for sense. those... Who have, you know, children? You know, I guess I guess it's where they get home before dark is what it is. Yeah, right. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I guess that makes sense. Definitely. But man, I guess in the winter time, once it get dark at six o'clock or something, five or six Bunch o'clock, something stupid like that. Bullshit. I don't even want to think about that. It's, oh. it's the heart of the summer right oh, now. Man. But Ooh. I guess, uh, yeah, man, we're, th- we're about. You got enough? Yeah. Five minutes into it. I was. All right, man. I hope you guys got so much some for stuff doing you this. can use. I, uh, uh, enjoy the songs. Yeah. Any fun. One of my favorites on the record is Chardonnay. It's mm-hmm. a love song to a glass of wine. And no. Uh, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> which is what it is. Yeah. It's a love song to a glass of wine, which, uh, which is good. Um, I guess uh, as a cap here, thank you yeah. for 
letting us come over to your place yeah. here and, and do thank this, man. So happy to have you guys honor. here, man. And Enjoy your Bob Ross uh, mints. Yes, thank <laughs> yeah. you. Um, I guess if we could leave the people with uh, what's one thing you want them to take away from your new from album? Oh, uh, uh, that uh, that you're never too old and fat to do something. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so there you go there you go so take that put that in your pipe and smoke it well got her right there thank you so ferguson much out. thank you so See much you ferguson out thanks guys there it is everybody september what did we say september, september 3rd, 3rd nashville september 3rd. No turn it on turn it on thanks Alrighty. for tuning in everybody and we'll mike and i'll catch you next time mm. all righty all right dudes hope you got what you need